Yeah, hey, you tell them heaven is my destination. Until I reach there, I'm teaching this kingdom education. Hey, don't be scared to lay your hands on the sick. And don't be scared to cast the devil out quick. Cause your obedience will unlock a miracle, though. Don't act hysterical, radical. Born again, fully, yes, evangelical. Hey, my commitment is consistent in my father's work. How can you say that you a Christian if you're not? What is up, everybody? Welcome. You're listening to the Gospel Unbroken Podcast with Kevin and Alex. Let's awaken the lion. What is up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Kevin, and I got my main man here with me, Alex. What's up, dude? Uh, nothing much, brother. Just, uh, you know, living life to the fullest and just uh, trying to grow in my relationship with God and with my wife and my family. Um, that's it is, a battle every day, right? Freshly married too. How is it? How's the life? It's good. It's really good. Not a whole lot has changed yet, but I know I was telling um somebody the other day, I said, ask me in five years. And I'll be like, Well, we're two totally different people. We've changed a lot. Um, but the goal is to change and grow together. Um uh, something I, I didn't uh, learn my first time around and um so it kind of make the first time around a lot more difficult than I Anticipated, but um, here I am, and God's blessed me with a uh, second opportunity at marriage and uh, raising a family. Um, still raising a family either way, but um, just uh, a different approach. Um, definitely thinking about how to make sure we grow together um, and not apart. So little things to think about, but... Uh, Nonetheless, I'm looking forward to it, and I can't wait for somebody to ask me in five years how it, how it's going. I, I I hope and pray that it it's going good, and that I say we are growing together and uh, growing in Christ together as well, and raising our family in the same. Don't worry, I will ask you in five years. Don't worry, yours is coming too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, not not to not to get into you too much, but how old were you when you first got married? My first time I was 20. Um, yeah, I was 20. I was young. I was uh, fresh uh, out of boot camp and uh, MOS school in the Marines. And I met a, a Navy girl, got married, um, had a baby. Um, and then just, you know, living in the fast lane, you know, uh, the military life. Things happen quick. You move fast. You're always seems like everybody around you is always in a hurry, and I think we kind of, you know, breed that lifestyle of get, let's get these things going um, because we don't know how much time we have. But nonetheless, um, you know that went the course it went. I learned a lot. Um, also learned a lot about my faith and myself and how to ensure that I do things completely different and make sure, most importantly, make sure that I put God in the situation and put him first throughout the entire thing. I got you beat. <laughs> first time I got married, I was 19. But same story, you know, fresh out of boot camp, went home on leave, then went to flight school, and then, you know, through this thing back in the day, they had this thing called uh, Facebook. I don't know if people still use Facebook. I don't have Facebook anymore. But we got reconnected, and it's funny, the girl that I married was my first girlfriend in the second grade. 
How much have you changed from second grade to 19 to 30? 34. Uh, a, a lot. Um, I think I think they should have a rule, especially in the Marine Corps, that you cannot get married until you're at least 30. Because it, I, I mean, bless the men and women that are in the military and have made it work, but the track record says otherwise. Absolutely. I only know a handful of people who've made it last um, more than 10 plus years, and I am always in awe of how they accomplish that, but it's always a great story to hear how. And they do, they talk about all of the things that we all deal with, right? Like, yeah, we disagreed, we argued, we didn't see things eye to eye, and instead of, uh, fixing it or, or trying to work on it. We just agreed to disagree. And then you agree to disagree on enough things and then you realize you don't really agree on anything. So you don't try to find that, that common ground. And what I've learned for most of them is that the biggest thing was is they're like, well, we, we sit down and we talked about some important things. One of them being um, for those that, uh, and honestly, most of them that I've met that have lasted marriages. And this this may not mean anything but to me it was kind of interesting most of them are of christian faith so it was kind of interesting um because that was kind of something they had to sit down and talk about um as well as money uh how they're going to raise their kids all these things that the important values that sometimes we look past because honestly i think when you're young like like that you just you're like man she's she's good looking so right let's uh let's do this thing you're good looking, I'm good looking, this will work. Um, and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but the biggest thing that I've learned is that they just took the time to, um, one, change, and change together, and learn to love the changes that are made, or appreciate them, or not, I would say not just treat the changes like they're the end of the world, this is it, we're done, kind of thing. But it happens. Yeah, and I think from from my viewpoint, the things that I have noticed is that one, especially with the men, because I'll speak from the men, is the order of their priorities at that age, one, and in that lifestyle was myself and then the Marine Corps, and then it just went down from there. And so... Given the fact that God was not number one priority, I think plays a big role in that. One hundred percent. I. <laughs> that's funny that you say that. I think my priority was because I I was the same. I was that way. Like I didn't care about nobody but me. Yeah, I, my first priority was me, and my second priority was also me, and then my third priority was yeah, right. my buddies. Um, it's funny because. You spend so much time with these other people that it's like, yeah, I'm married, but I'm also feel like I'm married to these guys because I'm with them all the time. Right. I mean, I know at the end of the day, like no matter what, they're going to have my back. Yeah. Even if I do something wrong, you know, they're going to be like, nah, he was right. I got you, bro. I got you. You're not really wrong. You're just kind of wrong instead of just admitting like, bro, you were totally like you were way off. Yeah, and they like yeah they would you would never check your homies back then. It was like, 
Ah, she was, she, man, her, her, her. It's like, you didn't have the dude that was like, hey, bro, you're, 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 you're a few clicks off right now. In society now, there's not enough people that say, fight for what you have. They're like, ah, there's, there's plenty of fish in the sea. The grass is greener on the other side or the, or the, the, the grass is always greener. And I think the best saying is, no, the, the grass is green where you water it. Yeah. And as soon as you stop watering it, what happens? Your grass dies. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's funny because it, it, it's so true. Like, guys are always like that. And, uh, but society feeds into that too. And, and the way things are, especially with social media and, you know, the, the things that people portray, you, you pop up you know, Instagram or Facebook or tw- Twitter X, whatever it is, you pop it up and everybody portrays these lavish lifestyles. And then you get the dude sitting here and he's like, man, I could, man, my, my life could be way better. But the problem is, is homie's not doing any work in his home to make his life better. And he will just hop one to the next, to the next, to the next, chasing this facade of this glory when the reality is that dude that posted that his life is miserable it's funny because uh there were points where people would be like oh my gosh you guys such a great relationship and i'm like yeah you're right it's just so great yeah because you see all these great pictures where we're like smiling and everybody's happy and then you don't see like the argument like five minutes before the picture minutes after the picture yeah the argument about taking the picture yeah everything right there's so much that goes on nobody sees and they're like oh it's just this picture makes it perfect and that's one of the reasons that i I don't have social media anymore at all and i actually started an extremely long time ago for me probably been six seven years since i've had facebook and i dabbled in instagram here and there and there and here and then i just finally was like i'm Man, I thought you cut me off one day. I'll be honest with you. I went, I, dude, I went to, <laughs> this is a true story, because uh, I, I don't have Facebook either. I haven't had that in years, but I still do have the Instagram. I, I saw something one day. I think it was a, a golf meme or something, and I went to send it to you, and I was like, man, where is this dude? And so like, I went and looked at your wife's page, and I was like, no, I don't see him anywhere, and I was like, did this dude just straight drop me? Like, did I just get did I just get blocked? I, was, I told Kelly, I was like, "Do you have Alex on your Instagram?" Was just, nope. Man, I think I don't think I pissed him off, but <laughs> I actually had gotten a lot of messages about it, and was like, "Hey, uh, so what's up?" That I upset you. I'm like, "What do you mean?" Um, they're like, "Yo, uh, so I went to send you a message on." on instagram or send you a meme or send you a reel and i'm and you weren't there and i was like oh yeah i i got rid of it uh it, it kind of started like uh came uh sunday night phone tells me hey you spent this many hours a week average on your phone and this is what you spent the most of your time on i'm like it was like two and a, it was like two hours of instagram and i was like every day like i don't even remember that and then that's when it hit me like you're you're a scroller, bro. You got to stop that. Yeah. I'm doing so much more. And now that I don't have any of it, it's, I can do so much more and I have so much more free time that I actually already had, 
but I was filling it with something that was useless. Now I can fill it with useful things. Right. I, I actually, uh, um, not to get carried too far away, but I, I did the same thing for a while. Um, back when, uh, our lovely, um, leaders in charge had an epic pullout of Afghanistan and I kept seeing these stories and, and pictures and people debating and talking about it. And it was making me so internally angry and bothered and upset that I came to this. I was like, I can't, I can't look at this anymore. Right. And so I was like, I'm just not going to do it. And like an hour later I was back on Instagram and I was like, I, I just gotta, I just gotta delete this. And so I did, dude, I, I didn't have it for probably like a year and I couldn't give you a logical reason as to why I turned it back on. But anyway, yeah, that's my story. But I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought you bailed on them. But I wasn't going to say anything because I was like, I don't want this dude to think I'm like, hey, man, my feelings are hurt. It's funny because my other friends who said something, it was their like girlfriend or wife or fiance. Yeah, no dude's going to say that. I'm like, hey, man, why don't you follow me anymore on Instagram? Yeah, uh, it's funny. It it uh, What's really funny is, though, um, before that, my best friend who lives in Nashville, um, Alex, shout out to my boy with the same name. What up, Alex? Uh, he uh, actually was like, hey, I'm going to get rid of Instagram. I'm calling you because I don't want you to think I blocked you or something. And I was like, oh. So you're saying he's a better Alex than you? 100%. Okay. Absolutely. Um, he is amazing, amazing human being. Um, really, he's blessed. He's been really blessed since he moved. Um, really uh, proud of him and happy for him. Um, Washington, I don't think, was a, a good place for him to prosper in his faith. Um, he's a, he's a, he runs a business, um, so it was difficult. A lot of things, you know, um, cultural things, I think, um, may have kind of been different here than there, um, which didn't allow him to be the best um, version of, of of himself as a Christian, I would say. Uh, not as a person, because he's a phenomenal person, but I think in, in, in terms of his faith, he, was, he wasn't able to really uh, portray it as well because he didn't want to, uh, the backlash that you get in this area of the Pacific Northwest. Um, so believe it or not, there are Christians out here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, they're hard to find, but they're here. So Kevin, let me tell you a quick little story of me, uh, experience that I had when I was uh, in high school. Don't remember quite the timeline. Um, Might have been 16, 17, but I went to this conference and I met this guy, or the speaker, and I didn't really meet him, but we always say that. But Anyways, the speaker from... University of Auburn played basketball with Charles Barkley. Um, was good friends with Charles Barkley and was kind of telling us a little bit about himself. And he told me this story that has really stuck with me over the years. And it starts with him like, hey, I was on an airplane and I'm sitting here and sitting next to this guy. I look over at him, ask him if he's a Christian. He says, yeah. And then I look at him and I say, hey, so when were you going to ask me if I was a Christian? When were you going to tell me about God? And the guy was, frankly, quite honest. He was like, well, I really wasn't. So when you think about that, he's like, so the Bible, God doesn't tell us to keep our faith to ourselves. He doesn't say, hey, 
you're me and you're good, so don't worry about it. I'll take care of the rest. There's more that he calls you to. And and kind of lean in on that. Uh that that's good. So in Matthew uh chapter ten, verse thirty two, he actually says, Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But but everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Like that that speaks to exactly what you just said. Like that's a direct call to talk about Jesus Christ. Like if 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 right, that's a direct order, you know. Like if you want to get into this place, if you want me to acknowledge before my God the Father, like you need to publicly acknowledge me, and you know that doesn't happen enough. At least not here, not in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know about the South. I didn't grow up there, so I, I, I don't know, but not here. Well, I'll speak on behalf of on behalf of the good old Southerners down there. I grew up in Alabama, so for me, it was like everybody talked about it. It was like common everywhere. Like I remember going to lunch in elementary school, and we would, you know, pray before we ate. We went to lunch. Like the the teacher didn't like force us. They're like, you will pray. It was like one student would be like, are we going to pray? And then they would be like, okay. And so then, you know, a student does it once, twice. Then it becomes an everyday thing. So it was normal. I was like, we talked about it. We discussed it. I mean, it wasn't something that you were ashamed of. You, everybody knew everybody. We talked about it. Talked about church. Talked about seeing each other at youth group and stuff like that. So it's pretty normal. Um, and most of the people I knew went to, went to church. So it's a lot different here, so kind of tell me what it's like being here and what, what it's like um, talking about uh, God here. The complete opposite. Um, I, you know, I grew, I grew up here, and I, I never set foot inside of a church aside from uh, my cousin's wedding, which she got married at this little white church. Uh, which is the exact place that me and Callie got married. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I, I went in that church one time. Uh, I went in a church when I was like 13 because this girl I had a crush on went to some youth group something on Wednesday nights. And so I was like, oh, cool, I'll go. <clears throat> but outside of that, like I'd never, I'd never stepped in church. Uh, I, <laughs> this is funny, man. When I joined the Marine Corps, there's the spot where it asks you what your religion is, right? And I had no idea what any of the religions were. I didn't know what Catholic was. I didn't know what Christian was. And so I <laughs> I remember asking the guy at MEPS, I said, uh, I don't know what religion I am. And he was like, I'll oh, just put Christian. That's what everybody is. And I was like, well, okay. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it was... It was not something I was ever exposed to as a kid uh, from anybody. Um, you know, I actually grew up in a pretty uh, tough and troubled childhood, which, you know, Jesus Christ was the furthest thing from anybody around me's radar. And so, you know, yeah, it's it's not here, which is why, you know, I... Again, I wanted to kick something like this off. Um, I don't think that there's enough people 
publicly talking about their faith, especially men, especially bold men. Um, we can talk about, you know, we can talk about my story. Um, but I think that, you know, had I had some bold men around me in my life, I would like to believe that the trajectory of my life would have been different. But also on that note, like I know that I had to go through what I went through according to God's plan to be the person that I am right now, to be the person with the passion and the conviction to do something like this. So yeah, it's, it's a lot different up here than it is in the South. Yeah. My experience so far, and I've been here since 2017, um, May of 2017. And my experience is that the more I talk about it, the more people I find that have faith and believe it's just not something we talk about. It's like something that has been put out there as you, you can be, you can be a Christian, but don't talk about it. Why do you think that is? I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question because I, like for me coming from the South, it's like, it's normal. So I I think it's just the, the climate here of the people like they don't want to talk about it do you do you think that it is um like a a cultural thing or like a society thing in this area that there's just do you think there's that many people that don't believe in jesus or do you think there's just that many people that are too afraid to talk about it because the the greater society says we're not supposed to talk about that so this is solely my opinion and opinion only. I'm no expert, but I would say from my experience, it's a cultural thing. I mean, up here, uh, I don't want to say people are rude. They're just more... The Seattle freeze. Yeah, they're just more, I'm going to mind my own business and I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to acknowledge you because I don't want to bother you. Um, and I don't think it's because they're rude. It's just because it's just the way it is here. Like, you know, in the South, driving down the street, you, like, wave almost at every car that drives by you. Like, you know them, even though you probably don't. You can call us rude. It's okay. I don't want to say rude because everybody is brought up different. So, I just want to say it's, it's culturally different. Um, but that's everywhere, right? Um, it's like, it's, it's essentially like a colloquial language. I think I said that right. Um. Some English teacher somewhere will probably hit me up for misusing that. But I believe, if I state it correctly, colloquial language is like words that are uh, are not words but are common to the area. Um, so I think like the attitude of how they uh, discuss their uh, faith is just like everybody around here. You do what you see. It's like not normal to talk about it, so I'm not going to talk about it. But in the South, it's normal to talk about it, so it's like normal. Um, so it, it, I think it's more of a cultural thing. So with that being said, how do you change that? Um, that's probably the biggest question, right? How do you change that? What, what inspires you to want to talk about it? What makes you want to talk about it? I have met some amazing Christian men who are honestly just quiet. And I'm just like, you know, they don't say much, but once uh, the door and that opportunity is open, I mean, they will hit you with some serious knowledge and will really just kind of, you know, t- 
talk about God and they can talk about it for hours, but they won't do it until the doors open. Right. And it's like, why are you not sharing this with people? Like I've, I've met a few, a few of those guys that not to like, not to stereotype people, but like you'd look at them and you'd never really like say that you thought they went to church every Sunday. And then you, you get into a conversation and it comes up that, you know, either because I have my cross necklace on or, you know, I got the tattoo and it comes up and then this guy just starts talking. It's like, dude, you need to be like, because here's the thing, like you said, it's, it's the way people see it, right? So if people aren't talking about it, they don't do it. But it's also like, I know for me, you know, I always thought like, I don't fit in a church. Like I don't, I don't belong there. You know, I'm covered in tattoos and this and that. Like, you know, all these stigmas, I the little bits I'd heard was like, church people don't have tattoos. They don't have this. They don't have that. They're not criminals. They're not this. They're not that. All these things that I was. And so I was like, I, I can't go there. I don't belong there. But then you see someone that fits your mold and they start talking about it. And it's like, oh, wait, there is salvation for me too? Like I, I, I can be a part of this? Like, tell me more. It's funny uh, when you say it like that. Um, just kind of like tattoos. Because <laughs> I get that a lot. Cause, so I now open up in conversation when I work with, because I work with lots of different people, lots of different uh, types of folks. And like the biggest question, how was your weekend? What would you do? And I'm like, oh, you know, I went to church. And then they kind of like look me up and down and they see like I got tattoos and stuff and they're kind of like, oh, that's cool. And then they ask me about it. And then that's my chance to talk about it. So I kind of purposefully make it a point to always, uh, one, attend um, for the growth and the relationships um, that God has blessed me with. But also to be able to, you know, it's easy op- uh, conversation starter for talking about uh, about Jesus and what he's done in my life and for me. Because, um, you know, it usually goes into some other things too. Like typically they'll be like, oh, that's great. That's amazing. That's cool. You didn't really think you were that type of person. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not perfect, right? So um, I'll say I don't think every action I make is a reflection of what of the way it should be as a Christian or um, even sometimes my attitude with other people, right? I mean, sometimes I get like irritated with people and it's like, man, that's not, it's not very Christian of you. Um, but then again, um, you know, I think it's okay to, to, you're still human. You're not going to, you're not perfect. Right. We're all flawed. Yeah. We're, well, we, we will never be Jesus. Exactly. The one perfect man, none of us will be that. And with that being said, that also opens the door for criticism, which is also very tough. Um, but I mean, I've, as I've gotten older, that's been so much easier to accept. Like, okay, cool. You don't like me. I can live with that. It, no, no skin off my back. Like, you know, my purpose here is to um, share Christ and to grow in my relationship with Christ, but also to lead my family um, in the ways of of God and uh, the guidelines that He set forth for us in the Bible. So, just a little, um, just a little sneak peek ahead to all you listeners. We're gonna have a guest on. It's a man that I admire very much, and it's funny that you were talking about your family. This is what made me think of it, your family and, and, and leading them, right? Well, this man 
uh, I'm not going to steal all this thunder, but before I married his daughter, <laughs> he gave me this book. And he was like, I think you should really read this book. And it was called Tender Warrior. And it was all about being spiritual men. And one of the biggest points in that book as, as a man was to be the spiritual leader for your family, for your friends, for your coworkers, for your community. It's like that was, that was one of the main points. And so I know that he's going to tell stories from that book and he's going to tell everybody, especially every man, to go read that book. So for you first-time listeners, you first heard it here. I believe that would be dad to you. Yep. <laughs> make sure you say that with some respect. Put some respect on that name. Yeah, say that with your chest. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, to that conversation as well. Um, you know, I've met Mike, and my experience with him is I'm honestly in awe of him. Um, he seems like such a strong man. Um, and to be in the line of work that he was in and to be to have the faith that he has. And I don't personally know a lot of the story. It's just from what I've heard from you and Callie and the way you guys talk about him. And I'm sure, um, like all people, um, when we hear what other people say about us, we're like, I'm nothing like that. Like, we see the bad, but everybody else sees, like, the good, the light, the, right. you know, the Christ-likeness in us. Um, and that, too, is what also will help you um, navigate conversations about God, talking about him, not being ashamed, not being afraid. And sometimes I don't, I don't like to use the word ashamed because I don't think a lot of people are ashamed. I think they're just afraid. And did you know that in the Bible it says, do not be afraid 365 times? So the Bible tells you one time for every day in a calendar year, do not be afraid for, for the Lord your God is with you. Yeah, I mean, that's that's so true, right? Um, fear is the biggest thing that holds every every man back, right? Um, because men have this typical thing of being extremely prideful, whether you want to agree with that or not. I hate to break it to you, brother, but there's a lot of pride in you. Um, just the way we're we're wired, um, and God made us that way for a purpose, and that's and you know that's uh, for us to kind of resolve and learn about with with God and through the Bible and through prayer just praying is I mean that's your tool right there you know with everything you do approach it with prayer like always pray uh, I don't know who said it but some smart individual said it uh, prayer should be our first response not our last resort oh yes yes I know that guy um, shout out to that gentleman, please check out his um, YouTube channel, um, the church, uh, it's uh, Rock Creek Church, Marysville. Um, Shout out. He, uh, he gave a tremendous message today, Who Told You That, is the series, and Who Told You That God's Not Listening? Please check that out, listen to it, amazing, amazing um, sermon, just absolutely it will speak to everyone. I don't care where you are in your faith or where you are in life. It will speak to you, and it will really enlighten you on uh, something that should be a big priority in your life. If it's not, um, we all, some of us struggle with prayer, some of us don't. Um, 
But then again, we're, I mean, we're all on that spectrum of somewhere between I don't pray and I pray a lot. I pray without ceasing. Um, so somewhere on there, you're on that spectrum between I don't pray and praying without ceasing. Um, but we all want, should get to that point where we're praying without ceasing because that's our tool. That's how we, that's how we navigate life. That's how we talk to God. That's how we grow in our faith. That's how we uh, help our, our brothers and sisters grow. Um, just pray, man. That's it. I love it. Uh, I want to go back to something. You were talking about um, <clears throat> men uh, and, and having fear and it being, I guess you said, it, it's what holds us back, right? It's what holds us back from talking about the faith and, and, and those things. But fear is actually uh, what kind of pushed me to do this or what pushed me to want to spark this idea, right? So I was reading the Bible. I started thinking, I was like, man, what does it mean to fear the Lord, right? And so like this thought was going in my brain, going in my brain, and like, and I, I start reading and I... I I don't have enough fear for the Lord. And so when I started diving into it on that, those, those, those parameters of like, we, we love to go and get the sermon that, you know, like boosts us up and, and makes us feel good. Um, Cause I think we all, you know, we all need that. But also too, like I feel, and you know, this again, this is my opinion. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we're not talking enough about the lion. You know? Jesus was the lamb and the lion. He wasn't the lamb or the lion. Like he was both, right? And you know, when he comes, he says, I didn't come to bring peace, I came to bring the sword. And so it's like, are we or me, myself, am I living with enough fear of the Lord? I don't know. I just, I, it, it kind of, my brain went there when you, when you brought up fear. And I, I think that fear can do a multiple, a multitude of things and hold us back. It can push us a little further. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yes and no. Uh, I love it. See, this is why we're here. We're here to have conversations about all the good stuff. And I didn't even prep you with that one. I just threw that at you. So now you're on the spot. I will go with Second Chronicles uh, chapter 19, verse 10. In every case that comes before you, from your people who live in the cities, whether bloodshed, other concerns of the law, commands. Oh, I read the wrong one. Jeez. Just, uh, just so you guys know, we're not Bible scholars. We're not pastors. Um, we're just two regular dudes that love Jesus and want to spread the word. So forgive us for our, our, our mistakes. Um, We'll Don't cut, hold it against us. We'll cut that part. <clears throat> so my response no, to we're that, not cutting that. <laughs> my response to that will be Second uh, Chronicles nineteen nine. He gave them these orders: you must serve faithfully and wholeheartedly in the fear of the Lord. Uh, so when I think how fear holds you back, I think it is because there are other things that can be affected by it, right? Um, in the workplace. And some workplaces, it is like completely unacceptable to talk about. Like we don't talk about those things in this establishment type thing, right? 
we don't talk about that and and what we do it's not a part of our business model or structure so then i think sometimes we become afraid because we don't want the repercussions of of losing what we've worked so hard to have because the fear is what happens if we lose it then what well god i i believe god will will provide and he'll give you another way out but that doesn't stop me from asking myself the question do i really want to do that because i've worked so hard right um, so there's that. I think fear in that sense, yes, can hold you back. That's just kind of one example that came to mind. And then in the other where it drives you, I think, um, you know, I, I used to have a really bad drinking problem. Um, and then one of the things that really subsided it for me was the fear of becoming like my dad. So in that instance, fear drove me to achieve something that I really wanted to achieve and desire to achieve. But, and then there's the other, right? Like I would, would, some might be afraid to discuss it in the workplace because they don't want to, uh, be, you know, um, outcast in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. This is, I'm just going to read this real quick. These are the notes I took on this when I was, I was flipping through my little book here and I, cause I knew, that I had, I had, you know, I had, in my brain, I had these thoughts about fear. And so I wrote down. So I said, you know, Matthew seven twenty two through seven twenty three. I wrote, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me. You break God's law. Now, if we think of this scripture in conjunction with Matthew 3, 2, when John the Baptist is in the Jaden wilderness, he began preaching, repent of your sins, turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And I wrote, this is what I wrote, if tomorrow was judgment day, would he know me? Am I actually doing the will of the Father, or am I just casting out demons in his name? Showing up to church on Sunday, declaring ourselves as Christians, but not actually living out his will. Living it out with a sense of urgency I think this is where we can truly begin to fear the Lord for Jesus was not only the lamb, but the lion. So I, I had this conversation with my wife, you know, when the podcast idea came up and I was like, I need to do this right now. And she was like, you know, my wife, she's like, okay, but what's this going to look like? You know, what's the plan? I, I don't know. I need to do this right now. And, and I, I told her, I said, I was reading this. I said, and I started thinking about the fear of the Lord, I said, and if I'm being completely honest with you, like I'd be a fool to think that there's not a chance that I could die tomorrow. You know, I I could get in a car accident. Something could happen. I was like, I don't truly know if I would get into the kingdom of heaven. Like, I don't know if I'm actually living out God's will. And I'd read, you know, publicly declare me. And I was like, oh, I can do that. I can just start talking about this. I can declare it. And it just got my brain running, man. I was like, am I, am I doing enough? And I, I, I don't know. I kind of went into maybe spiritual panic mode. <laughs> One thing I want to avoid is what does enough look like? You don't want to put, you never want to put a limit on God. Cause essentially I think that's what you'd be doing, right? You say, what does enough look like? But I will say there are some things that we should be doing for sure. Uh, whether they are enough or not is is not up to you and I. 
Yeah, I think it's just the humanly way to ask the question in your brain. Like, yeah, you know, I guess the better way to put it would be, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so with that, I, I would say, you know, things that we should be doing. Praying. Facts. Putting God first. And then. And everything. And everything. Um, in your relationships, your money, your way you talk you think the way you act i mean and the only way to really do that is to dig down deep into the, the word of god where it's kind of like you're always thinking about it like it's always it's like constant like scriptures are just running through your head like and i've i've been i've been in that place before and i'll say it feels really good but to get there requires a lot of studying and a lot of reading and really trying to understand it. Um, Eric Thomas made the statement before, um, I'd rather read one page a hundred times and understand it than read a hundred books and not understand any of it. And I'm, and I, I, I'm not there now, and maybe that's a good thing for me to say out loud so that I can push myself to get there. But um, when you're there, you know it feels good like you're like man like me and god we're, we're tight like it's going good i'm, I'm talking to him I'm, I'm reading i'm studying i'm like constantly thinking about his word what i read you know i'll do something and like these scriptures will come to mind or i'll say something and this like verse will come to mind like i shouldn't have said that i shouldn't have did that and you'll notice too the the more that you read and study it the more you actually see the impact of what you're reading like you you, you it, it becomes undeniable when you're reading that much and you're studying that much and you're that deep into it like you can see it everywhere something happens and you're like oh what's up god like yeah i see you thanks man appreciate it you know or again it goes back to the something goes wrong and when you're that deep and you're that convicted in studying it, prayer is your first response. Like, man, I just, I need to sit down and pray about this. You know, it's not, let me see what I can do. Let me try and figure this out. Let me jump through all these hoops. And then you get to the the very end and you're like, oh, I can't do this. Pray for me, you know? And, and you know, like on that, you know, just a just a quick little story. Um, we can at another time, you know, dive into um, my background and my story and kind of like how I got here. Um, but you know, like I said, I, I hadn't, I didn't grow up in the church, so you know, this was all new to me. And I was going through some things in my life, um, and I had, I had a lot of trauma and and demons that I held in for decades and I had came to Christ uh, and, and, you know, for lack of words, I, I, I was, I bought in, you know, I was, I was all in, I was church every Sunday reading my Bible, but I'd never gone uh, public with my faith. And so uh, a series of events went down and I had to move home and I moved back home and I started going to uh, this church with some friends, and I got baptized. 
shortly after getting baptized, when I say shortly, I mean like days, I miraculously now had the strength that I did not possess the last 23 years of my life to face these demons head on, face first. And like that same thing I've found happens the more that I read this. I mean, I just read a study the other day that they did on these people that were, um, they were battling anxiety. And what they did was they, made, they had these people start reading a Bible for 15 minutes every morning when they woke up. And it only took four days for the anxiety effects to shift. Four days of not doing anything else, didn't change their food, didn't, didn't add any new drugs. All they did was read the Bible for 15 minutes and their anxiety dropped off the radar. If that's not God, I don't know what is. Oh yeah, that's 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 the power of the word. I mean, it it can change so much about you. You won't even realize it. I mean, you get in there and you start digging through and start digging through your own life and through your own uh, decisions, choices. Um, you, you'll start to see some changes. Um, the way you think, the way you talk, the way you act. You'll really think about what what it is that you're um, reflecting. Um, so it's important to to dive in there and study and and really seek uh, God through His Word. It it makes significant changes that are undeniable, um, very easy to identify. The first thing I usually notice is the way people talk. Uh, a lot of uh, common words become very uncommon all of a sudden. A lot of uh, common phrases become become very uncommon. Which is like a second language in the Marine Corps, if we're thinking of the same common words and phrases. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's weird. I catch myself being like, get off your butt. <laughs> and then like I get like a bunch of giggles. Did he just say butt? And I'm like, yeah, I said butt. Yep. Because it's what everybody expects you to say is the other, right? The expectation is that you're going to speak this way, but then you allow God to come into your life and to change um, some things in your life for the better. And then those are the small things that people realize. Oh, man, he didn't say that like he would normally. Something's up. Something's different. Um. But most of them won't really like acknowledge it, so then you don't acknowledge it. You just kind of keep going. But then we have to get back to the real question: How do we talk about it? Right. There's you start to grow in your faith and in your relationship with God, and then you start to make these changes in your life that now become segues for you to talk about God. The way you talk, the like, you know, you can say that. Like, you can have that conversation like, yeah, I know I said but, but I don't talk like that anymore because that, that's not who I am. I don't say those things anymore because that's not who I am. Why? Well, let me tell you. Right, which is why I think, like, the the power of testimony is so strong. Right? And and I, I understand that... um some things are difficult to talk about and some things are pretty private and like, that's okay. You know, 
um, I, you know, we, we had a plan. We were going to sit down and hash out my testimony. Like I have no problems talking about it now, you know, for, for decades, the words didn't come out of my mouth. Right. But I found that like, there's, there's so much power in that because it's, 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 people want to see or hear the miracle stories, right? They want to see real world application. They, they want to see these things. And I think when, and everybody has a testimony, everybody that, that follows Christ, that loves Jesus, that, that reads the word, everybody's got testimony. Like there, there's no, there's no story greater or less, right? Because everybody is in a different place and everybody is coming from a different background, you know? So not everybody needs to hear a story of how I was a 12-year-old junkie. Not everybody's going to relate to that. Some people need to hear the story that, oh, yeah, I grew up, I was a pastor's son, and, you know, I had to live up to A, B, C, and D expectation, and when I hit this age, I, you know, I, I, I strayed away. Like, So I would encourage people to use that, like you said, as a segue. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, don't do that anymore. I don't go there anymore. I don't do those things anymore because of Jesus Christ. He changed my life. He changed me. And this is, this is how. And so like, that would be my challenge to people, you know, and you don't have to disclose all the details. You know what I mean? Like you can get the point across without talking about things that you don't like to talk about, you know, I don't know. That's my thought. Yeah. There's, there's the thing is, is you got to take the opportunity. You got you to gotta take the leap and see where it goes. Because at the end of the day, you might be the only time someone ever talks to this person about God. Right. There are no guarantees that someone else will. So you should treat that opportunity as such. This could be the last opportunity. Which is why we need to be bold men and bold followers of Christ. A hundred percent. That's all of us. That's That's... Me and this fine gentleman at the table, it's everybody. Like I think we can all be bolder about it. And I'm super ecstatic to hear lots of uh, other folks' uh, um, experiences with that and what that looks like because it looks different for everybody. It's not the same, and I don't think many things are the same for everyone. Hint, hint, people, we have plans, so stay tuned. Yes, There's things um, coming. I'm super excited. Um, for the future of this and really um you know it, this is more geared toward men because we're just men i can't tell you uh, a woman's perspective i don't think kevin can either i do have three sisters right and i and i grew up in a household of women so i have a decent understanding of how women operate that being said i know nothing about a woman's perspective because i am a man yeah so I, that I will say with that, you know, you're going to get a lot of perspective from the man's point of view. Um, so, you know, be receptive to that. Um, but I'm looking forward to all of the conversations that we're going to have with a lot of these gentlemen that are going to be coming and speaking, um, being bold in totally different ways. Um, big guys that are, that we're going to talk to that are, you know, bold about their finances and how God played a role in their in their money and how they manage it and how they do that. Men who are really strong leaders in their family and how they've 
were bold with their family and those types of things and just all sorts of things in their careers um, and their uh, just all around life. Um, so it's going to be interesting. You're going to get a lot of different views on what it means, one, to be bold and two, to make sure that you are uh, putting God first in that boldness. Amen. So, you know, on that, um, that's kind of that's kind of the idea of this. I'll be I'll be completely transparent. Uh, Alex and I were going to sit down and, and like I said, we were going to tell my testimony today when we sat down to record. And this went exactly how uh, I had hoped it would go when I envisioned doing this podcast is we just sat down and talked about it. We sat down and talked about life. We sat down and talked about uh, being men of Jesus and, and what we need to do, uh, the challenges we're facing. And that was, that was ultimately the goal of this and that I want, we can get online and we can search pastors given sermons and, you know, we can, study things from theologists and things like that. And those are all great. Those are all things that we should be doing because we need that information. But I think as men too, like sometimes, at least for me, like I would look at that and be like, yeah, but I'm I'm not a pastor. I didn't grow up like that. Like that, I, I, I can't be that. I don't live that life. Like that's not me. And so I, you know, I wanted to come here and be able to put something out that like average men can relate to. Not that average men can't relate to sermons because we all do. Like we, we need that. But just average average conversations. That was that was my goal. I think we achieved that today. So, you know, moving forward, like Alex said, we're gonna we're gonna have conversations about everything. Money, uh, marriages, relationships, sin, struggles, you know, all all those things. And I can't be I can't be more hyped for it. Yeah, I'm I'm ecstatic. It's going to be super fun. Lots of good conversation and just a lot of opportunity for you to know that you're not alone in your journey. You're going to hear some people talk about some things that were very difficult for them, but might not be difficult for you. You might hear some things that are difficult for them and difficult for you. So just be ready. Be come come wanting to hear from God because we're definitely going to be praying for this praying for these folks as they get prepared to come and speak um, and just bear with us um, it's not always easy to talk about God but if we do it enough it'll become easy it just takes time that's it that's it so since another big um, another big uh point of this is going to be scripture and, and digging into the Bible and talking about that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say a prayer from the Bible. And then if Alex wants, he can close us out with a, with a prayer. And then, um, you know, we, we hope to have you guys back again and we'll do this. So here we go. Our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. God, I just want to thank you for tonight, for giving us this opportunity to come together and to talk about you and to talk about life as men and some of the things that we struggle with. As you know, this life is not always a cakewalk. The journey is at times very difficult. 
Uh, by no means are we perfect, um, and we know that we'll never be, but we will do the best that we can to spread your word to everyone, to everyone that we can reach. And we pray that they would have open ears, open hearts, open minds, ready to receive everything that you have for them in their life. Amen. 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 All right, friends. Stay bold. Stay courageous. Stay in the word. Yeah. Hey, you tell them heaven is my destination. Until I reach there, I'm teaching this kingdom education. Hey, don't be scared to lay your hands on the sick. And don't be scared to cast the devil out quick. Cause your obedience will unlock a miracle, though. Don't act hysterical, radical. Born again, fully, yes, evangelical. Hey, my commitment is consistent in my father's work. How can you say that you a Christian if you're not at work?